tell you what, I like your style. And I think your wife's pretty cute, too. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Kill James Bond. I am Alice Goldwell Kelly. I'm joined by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hey. Hi. And we have a special guest. We have Annie Kelly from QAnon Anonymous. Annie, how's it going? It's going very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's our pleasure. We welcome. Made you somewhat watch. starstruck by this. Is probably the, the <laughs> guest that I've been listening to for the longest. Yeah, yeah. We've got somebody right? who's actually serious and knows shit. <laughs> <laughs> we keep doing this. We keep getting people we like earnestly admire and making them watch. Just a film and just sort of wasting their time with it. Well, I don't think it's a waste of time because uh, the reason I, I specifically invited you on, Annie, is because I really enjoyed your work on the mythopoetic men's rights movement. Mm. Um, and I thought this film, The Edge from 1997, uh, kind of like has some stuff to say about that, maybe. I thought it might interest you if you weren't already aware of it. I agree. No, I hadn't seen this movie before, but it had a deeply mythopoetic element to it, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I actually joked when... Abby invited me on the podcast, I think, and told me about the film. Um, I said something like, I thought I'd seen every masculine anxiety movie from the 1990s, but apparently one passed me by. So they made it was a real so pleasure. many. Yeah. They, they made so, so many in this genre. Also, there's like a little bit of Abby lore here because like this, this film I watched when I was a kid, um, and it actually does have a little bit of like importance and, and meaning to me for reasons we'll get into. I, I oh. am quite attached to it, although I recognize that it is problematic and we'll get into that. <laughs> you we'll you feel a deep kinship go. with someone trying to kill someone for their wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get into that when we talk about David Mamet. Um, but anyway. Mm, yeah. So this is this is your, your bonus book, Abby, The Edge. Um, and I mean, I, I sort of, I quite enjoyed this one. I have some thoughts. Hmm. Um, but the first thing you need to know, coming into this, is Anthony Hopkins is a billionaire. He is married to Elle McPherson. Everybody he meets in the course of this movie is gonna want to fuck Elle McPherson, and is, this is a huge problem for him, mm -hmm. right? This is the sort of like inciting incident, I guess. He's like on vacation in, is it Alaska? Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. With his wife. I thought it was his daughter to start with, which yeah. already gives you a sort of like some starting point here. Billionaire moment. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely though, his his wife and Alec Baldwin, who is uh, a like a team. Uh, he's like a photographer. He's a fashion photographer because his wife is a model, uh, and he has like a, a team of photographers with him. One of whom is um, Mercutio from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, he mm -hmm. fucking is. And, and uh, Link from Lost, right? No, Link from The Matrix, and I forget who he played in Lost. Mm, oh, yeah. oh uh, Harold Perrineau. Yeah, mm. guy we love to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he, he gets off the plane, and immediately, the first guy he talks to is like, yo, is that Elle McPherson? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which... It's just, it's a little insulting. Mm. It, it also sets the first of, I have a button for this. Anytime mm. Anthony Hopkins is in a movie, right, he has this thing he does, he has a special move, where if he's playing a kind special of... Special attack. Uh, yeah, his special mm -hmm. attack, where if Anthony Hopkins is playing a kind of, uh, like, aloof intellectual character, which is a lot of the roles he plays, his way of, like, ending a conversation is to make a kind of, like, thoughtful, yeah. And I have a button that will give me a random one of yeah. 
from this movie because he does this about dumb. 20 times. <laughs> you can cut all of these together. You can put a counter on screen for every... Yeah. He does. But that's how it's... good he is. He doesn't even need lines. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get out of stuff like that. You know, I can't think of anything to say. Yeah. Yeah, sadly you have to talk for an hour about a movie instead. Yeah. He's he's kind of, he's kind of the like um, you know, um how do I how do I describe this billionaire? Rational male billionaire, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> He just reads books all the time. That's mm. his whole thing. He's just like mm. reading fact books. He's retaining information. We we get this set up because he correctly identifies like um, a, a Cree Indian symbol on the back of a like ore or some okay. shit. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, "Oh, very impressive, mate!" And he goes, "No, it fucking sucks. I just know all this <laughs> shit, but I have never like practically yeah, me talking used it about in my movies, life. You know. Um, so yeah, he yeah. I literally wrote Alice on in my notes. <laughs> my notes. I wrote autistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing I found really interesting is, I guess when I, I read the plot of this movie, um, I assumed it would be a classic story of, you know, a kind of bookish nerd who, mm -hmm. you know, is forced to, I um, don't want to go too far ahead in the story, but it's, it's forced to kind of confront sort of uh, the wilderness and, you know, the kind of practical realities of um, your life being in danger. But one thing that's mm -hmm. kind of funny about this is like for that plot line to work that, you know, it mm -hmm. kind of needs to be a sort of like undervalued trait that he is so smart and knows all of this stuff. But in fact, like kind of instantly, everyone is just incredibly impressed by his knowledge. There's like never a moment where like that knowledge is devalued in any sense. Everyone's just like, yeah. oh, my God, this guy's amazing. He knows everything. He's he's deliberate billionaire. And uh, the, the thought that I had watching this, knowing it was gonna there was gonna be like a disaster because it's gonna be a disaster movie. I was like, this is a hundred percent how the Ocean Gate submarine guy stocked and rushed. This is how he saw himself mm. as he was putting the like Xbox controller into the death tube. He was like, that's me. I'm the literate billionaire. <laughs> Give Anthony Hopkins an Xbox controller. He wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> They're like giving, they're like giving a Labrador a particle accelerator. It's like these are from two completely different worlds. Like he doesn't know what that is. He was Lawrence Olivier's understudy. He's not MLG. Like you can't give him that. If you put it in the script, he will read it. My proof for this is that in I have a very clean drop from Stormbreaker of uh, of Stephen Fry saying Nintendo DS game system. So it can be done. <laughs> So, so they're going to this um this like cabin resort in the middle of nowhere. They have to fly in. As they fly in, Alec Baldwin's character is talking about how cool his watch is, and I'm like, that's this foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're also talking about bird strikes. Yeah, yes, a bit of like yeah. it's the foreshadowing oh. scene, and and also Gosh, bears. Yeah. Watch out for bears. Yeah, mm -hmm. he does go in on like GMT watch complications, which you know is a sort of welcome piece of violence against watch guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but. They get to this cabin, and there's there's a guy there. This is Styles. He's just sort of like backwoods, like uh, salt of the earth, uh, like mm -hmm. sort of homespun country. He's the manager of the lodge. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and he's the one who like tests um, mm -hmm. tests Anthony Hopkins' knowledge of like random bullshit, and is impressed when he happens to know some random bullshit. Yeah, it gives him a fiver. <laughs> He does, which yeah, is... like he, like you would a child. Which um... there's there's a, a note here because our 
our fucking um, Alec Baldwin character is a photographer, and while he's yeah. he's walking in here, he sees this photograph on. Oh, I have the drop. Uh, he, he like sees a like black and white photo and goes An unsentimental photograph. You know, to get a truly unselfconscious photograph, you almost have to go all the way back to the nineteenth century. Which is not true. Simply not Sen true. The sentimental photograph ruled the nineteenth century. <laughs> Whatever, but he's it's fine if he's like a bullshitter and a faker, right? That kind yeah, of yeah, because this is a, it's it's a classic like mammoth way of doing this, right? It's like yeah, you you set this up and then he is immediately humiliated by the guy going, "No, I took that last week." Yeah, yeah <laughs> like that's my friend. That's my buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, not only are you wrong, you're also racist because uh, you you think that like uh, a Native American is like a sort of thing it's of the past and yeah, that's, historical that's my boy, object. We get know? a little bit of a we get a little bit of a theme here, which is that Alec Baldwin is in search of something authentic and mm. real and this is a theme that kind of we come back to a couple of times um but in particular he sees this photograph like, oh like that's like a real guy not a model like it is very funny that we we sort of witness his hubris and then contrast it with the humility of the simple billionaire yeah. um <laughs> it's just Which, kind again, of like happens a lot yeah. yes there's a yeah. there's a lot of like woe for the billionaire mm. um, in this yeah. Movie. yeah 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 um, it's like, oh, everyone hates me just because I have a, th a million pounds and I own a plane. And I have a million dollars. I, I know that the other side of that all has a rabbit vaping on it. Mm -hmm. You know, fine. <laughs> the, the, the rabbit is also themes. Yes. Because uh, the, the, the theme is that, like, it's a, you know, it's a Cree story and the rabbit is on the other side of the thing vaping because he doesn't have to be afraid because he's smarter than the predator. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh this is this is themes, David Mamet. He loves his themes. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they go to bed. I realize at this point in the movie that Elmer McPherson is supposed to be his wife, not his <laughs> daughter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, now that's quite enough of that. If you want to hear the rest of this episode of our wonderful guest Annie Kelly and all of this uh, great analysis that you know and love, <laughs> I shouldn't have sighed there. You do know and love the analysis. Um, Patreon.com slash Bond, all one word. Sign up now.